Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet, you'll receive a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of our great written content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO locker all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. I'm Jay Zawoski, Greg Boyson, Mario Tirabasi. We're all here. We're back at even strength, yes, which is great. Box. We're in our formal wear today yeah. because we attended the Blackhawks uh, brass, I don't know what you call that, a press conference, town hall, whatever you want to call it. But I don't know if we're calling things town halls yeah, anymore. Yeah, we probably scratched <laughs> town hall off the old, uh, off that, the old menu. Yeah, that was, uh, it was just a, hi, this is who we are kind meet, of thing. Meet, Hello. meet and greet. We are people. Meet and greet is correct. Meet and greet, yeah. Lots of uh, cookies and wraps and all sorts of good stuff down there. But it was cool to see Kyle Davidson, Jeff Greenberg, and Norm McIver together as a trio. It's the first time we've had the opportunity to talk to Jeff Greenberg. So, you know, we've heard a lot from Kyle. And don't know if we learned anything really new from him. But I was really interested in what Jeff Greenberg had to say today. What did you guys take away from uh, the festivities I think um, it was it was great to see them all together for the first time as kind of the formal introduction of like this is our hockey operations executive group like this is all of them together the general manager two associate GMs um, they all sounded very kind of um, unified in their in their messaging uh, when it comes to you know the the, the future of the of the Blackhawks and um, what they want to accomplish and I think with with Greenberg a lot of it was focused on like okay like. We heard a lot about this, like, you know, new new systems and, and things like that, that he want that they want him to bring into the team and how's that's going to be how that's going to be utilized. Um, and I think a lot of it came down to like streamlining communication within the organization. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is one of the keys to Davidson's plan for the rebuild is to make sure that like everyone's on the same path. And I think that that was probably something that you know, the, the, the previous general manager in, in Stan Bowman and his group, it seemed like the path would not only change, but it also seemed like people, you know, like we kind of learned that McIver and, and Bowman were not usually on the same page. Yes. Um, you know, that kind of communication, people might have been on different pages. So I think that's one of the big things that I took away is that the a lot of the focus for the team moving forward is going to be everyone's going forward together. Everyone's pushing, you know, uh, to, to use a, a term from the, the football world, everyone's rowing the boat in the right. same direction. Yeah, it, uh, Kyle Davidson has is, is, is been impressive because he's a guy that is pretty much standing up and saying, I don't know everything that I'm supposed to know. Yeah. So I'm bringing in the people who I think are the smartest people that can help me, and we're going to do this as a team. It doesn't seem like and, – and those three guys together – None of them seems to be like the guy that wants the credit for if this leads to another Stanley Cup championship. They don't care who gets to be the mastermind as long as the mission is accomplished. Um, you know, we kind of joked watching the three of them up there that we were like, hey, look, it's Norm McIver with his two sons at a golf <laughs> outing. You know? He's obviously the experienced guy out of the trio. Uh, you know, Jeff Greenberg is a very smart man. Uh, when he starts talking systems and numbers, for me, who's not a numbers guy per se, it starts to sound like the teacher from Charlie Brown a little bit. But that's why he's there and I'm not. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, 
but he's a guy that that Kyle Davidson obviously trusts. He knows. Listen, he came from building data systems for Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. Yeah. Theo Epstein is one of the most brilliant sports executives we've ever seen. And in the way his analytical mind can take a spreadsheet of numbers and turn it into championship teams, it's amazing. And if we can get a sliver of that yeah, for with real. the Blackhawks, it's a good thing. He's trying new ideas. Uh, and then you got Norm McIver, who's like the, you know, the NHL vet, the guy that played in the NHL, the guy that coached in the American League. That's got he's seen it all. Right. And so he's kind of like the guy that is there to be, you know, I don't want to say the adult in the room because that's insulting, but he's the guy that's that's got the experience. Nothing's going to surprise him. And I, and that's that's huge for Kyle to lean on. You could tell that that uh, you know, they had a good relationship while Kyle was working his way up through the ranks and it's a guy that he trusts. And that's the key. He's surrounding himself with people he trusts and people he thinks are very smart. And he's willing to listen to them. He's going to lean on those. And that's so, so important. Yeah, Powell's in the chat says, the more I hear about Stan, it seems that he wanted everyone to see him as the smartest one in the room, straight up toxic. And we're, I don't know if I would go as far as to call it toxic, but yeah, we have heard from a lot of people uh, well, a little bit before Bowman was gone, and and much more now that he's gone, there was a, a bit of a clash. Like, the scouting staff would recommend something, and Bowman would go against it. Mm-hmm. And one thing that really stood out to me today was Norma Kyver would a- was asked, "Did you ever dream that you'd be back with the Blackhawks?" <laughs> and he sort of chuckled and said, "I don't want to misquote him, but something in the lines of not my wildest dreams," yeah, yeah. because he did not leave on great terms. It wasn't bad. It's not like he, you know what I mean. But him and Stan were. They were like two factions, kind yeah. of. And there were the McIver guys, many of which are still there in the scouting staff. And there mm-hmm. were the Bowman guys. And when you see the moves that were made very quickly after Kyle Davidson came in, you could probably decipher who's who. Yeah, and he, and he did mention a little bit about, you know, the, 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 the way that they're going to approach scouting will be a little bit tweaked going into this draft, but it'll, it'll change after this draft. I, right. think they're gonna, I think they're going to use this draft as kind of a launching pad of like, okay, we made some small tweaks. Now we're going to reevaluate everything, and we're going to make some, maybe some major moves. Well, we'll that that uh, yeah. is still to be seen. But it, it is interesting that it, like, even just going into this draft, um, which is a, an ac- accelerated process for for this group to be together for, um, it already looks like you know they're 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 changing a little bit of the mindset and 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 challenging the scouting department in a different way than 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 they have in previous years. Yeah, and Davidson mentioned too, like it's kind of too late in the process to implement any sort of new data, mm-hmm. new scouting because Seasons are over. Yeah, but right. Yeah. By the time he's been in, all that data has been gathered already. So you'll start to see the new systems, probably the very infant stages of it kick in next year's draft. Cause I don't know if it was Davidson or Greenberg that said, it's probably a year away from even really being utilized. Yeah. You know, because it takes so much to develop and the, like the literal software development, but then building from nothing to a complete, you know, a trustworthy, functional system. That's a huge process. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take time, just like the rebuild is going to. It's going to take time. It's going to take patience. And, uh, you know, I, it seems like everybody there, like you guys said, they're all on the same page. They all understand it's going to take time. And, Greg, your point of let's – Kyle Davidson has his strengths. Jeff Greenberg has his, Norm McIver has his, and ideally they become like one big Voltron, right? Like yeah. they all form together <laughs> as this really great thing with the analytical mind and the scouting mind and the eye test and the numbers and all those things that 
you need to have a complete scouting staff. Well, you can kind of, and not to self-promote here, but I'm going to. You should. You can kind of compare it to how the team here at CHGO was built. Yeah. You've got guys who are experienced beat reporters. You've got guys who are podcasts. You've got personalities. You've got people with social media. You put them all together in one team, and then you, you hire the people that you think could do the jobs, and then you just go let them do their jobs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's kind of... That's ideal. That yeah. is an ideal workplace. Like, Kyle Davison comes off to me as a guy that has zero ego. Right. That may change over time, <laughs> you know? That may change with success. But right now, he's a guy that's like, listen, I have my job here is to make the Chicago Blackhawks a good team and sustain that level for as long as possible. And I'm not going to do it on my on my own. I can't do it on my own, and I don't care that... Other people may get some credit. I just I'm going to do my job, and yeah. here are the people that are going to help me do my job. That's huge going forward. And he's a he's a guy that has his plan. He and he's a guy that doesn't seem like he's going to. There's not going to be many knee jerk reactions out of the Kyle Davidson office, at least not for a while. Right. Like he was asked today about the coaching search. Obviously, that was a big topic, especially today, off day. All of a sudden. Lane Lambert's new Islanders coach. Yeah, very Pete, quick. Pete DeBoer booted out of Vegas, kind of predicted that. When does Barry Trotz get that gig? You know, so he was flat out asked, hey, with all this stuff happening today, does this speed up your process? He says, no. He flat out admit, we don't even really have a candidate list built yet. We're still working that. He's like, so he's not going to see what other teams are doing and say, oh, crap. I got to rush. <laughs> now, that might not be a, a – that could be a bad thing. See, I was just going to say, like, yeah. but when he said that, I was like, you don't have a list yet? Yeah, I But mean, I'm, sure he, I'm sure he does. He does. There's some note in his desk knows, of 10, 15 names. He knows names. the guys he wants the call. <laughs> right. He just doesn't know if they're going to answer his phone yet. And there could be some <laughs> There could be some assistants that are still, still coaching. Sure, I would hope. You know, I would hope you want to tap some guys on right. Tampa or Florida or Colorado, whoever. Yeah. But he, he is holding his cards close to his vest. That, that's right. Uh, that's the correct right thing. Right? Yes, Thank that's you. how it's used. Um, and, <laughs> but I would like to know, and he's of no obligation to tell us. Obviously, I'd like to know what he's looking for in a coach. You know, and he was asked flat out, "Do you want a hard ass? Do you want a numbers guy? Do you want a young up and comer that can grow with the team?" And he's like, "Ah, you know, we kind of we got our options open." Yeah, which we're not, is we're not married to any of those not, guys. Yeah, that was the term. Not said, married yeah. to any of those characteristics. I would like to know, and I think as the candidate list emerges in a few weeks or a month or whatever it might be, we'll probably get a cleaner picture of what he's looking for. But it's kind of hard to, for the three of us to like, let's pull a bunch of names and talk about them until we know even a little bit as to what he's looking for in a coach. It's, it's kind of hard to do that because mm-hmm. I don't think someone like John Tortorella is or should be on his list. No, but, he, but I don't know. They might. They might well, yeah. you, we could see a thing, the same thing we saw at the general manager search, where he's going to interview a guy like that, like they did with True. Peter Shirelli, yeah. not yeah. not to like they did with Jeff Greenberg. Yeah, the, not necessarily take him seriously to get the job, but just to kind of pick a brain of a guy like that to just use that information going forward. Yeah, it's never yeah. harmful to pick a brain. No, and I think if just to Hawks fans, like if you see a name that terrifies you. Just know, just like Chiarelli during the GM mm-hmm. search, we're Everybody all like, freaked "What? Out. No, God, yeah, please not me that." Me included. Bring Bowman back. Right. You yeah. know, I had my pitchfork and torch ready to go. <laughs> you know, I was ready to storm United Center. Yeah. 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 But hey, bringing in a guy with that much experience and just saying, "Hey, you know, what do you have to offer us? You know, what have you learned over the years?" And then, okay, make a note of that 
thank you. See ya. Mm -hmm. You know, make a nice little note of some of the facts. It definitely sounded like we'll get that answer July-ish. That's what he said. Probably after the draft. Early. After free agency. Then he'll move on. So this is a guy that's got. I would hope before free agency. Because I would like the coach to have some sort of input on the players that he's going to have to yeah, coach a little bit no, at I, least. normally I would agree with you but I think in this situation it's not the end of the world because who no. are they really going after this summer right no I no I, I agree yeah, I agree I, but but to your point if this was a team that is ready to yeah. you know they are a free agent away from player and player and that. coach fits Right. Still, still make a difference for Coach sure. Fitz, go Cats. <laughs> um, you know, oh, one of the interesting things, uh, our guy Tab Bamford asked Norm McIver about being part of an um, expansion team. Mm-hmm. With Seattle. And Stole I, my question, by the way. I was just about ready to ask that. <laughs> I really like McIver's answer about, we knew we weren't going to be able to get elite talent, but we wanted to have a core of character players that would play hard and play the right way. So when star marquee players did come they were coming into an established settled team and they could just play their game and and do what they needed to do instead of having to come in and reinvent the culture Mm -hmm. that is really interesting to me and that's something that remember towards the end of this year we saw a lot of some of the veterans on the hawks specifically for me tyler johnson really step up and show character and talk about the character it takes to win in this league i'm not saying you're going to go sign a guy for five million bucks or whatever but a guy like Tyler Johnson, towards the end of his career, with a lot of experience, who's, you know, the big-name teams aren't really bidding on anymore, to have players like that come in and fill these gaps until the kids are ready to set that culture mm-hmm. with the young players. The fact that McIver went out of his way to to specifically detail that part of the expansion was really interesting to me, and it's something I'm going to keep an eye on as free agency approaches and, and you know, who knows, maybe some trades approach too. Yeah, that would be interesting. And, and to the... To the point of the coaching search, what we also learned was that not only are Davidson, Greenberg, and McIver going to be involved in it, but also Brian Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Davidson's you know best buddy, is going to be part of that as well. And and it would be interesting to see how the team handles that in the search, whether it's going to be very public, so we have the opportunity to be like, oh, <laughs> let's talk about this candidate. Let's talk about this candidate. Like, or is it going to be like, we're doing our search, we have our list, and then we'll let you know who we all interviewed and who we hired kind of thing. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that, how that pans if out. If I predict, I think they're going to be very public with it. Yeah. They were very public with the GM search. They, they released who they were talking to. They gave out a bio out of all these people when they came through the office. I think they'll do the same thing. Yeah. I think... Um, the transparent, the term you hear transparency said a lot, but I think that's very important mm-hmm. to Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner, uh, as we've you know heard yeah. from them over the past few months. Uh, and I'm not saying it's because of the whole you know lawsuit thing, but that probably helped with that too. But I'm I, sure I think it's they're part of it. Yeah. I'm sure it is, but I, I, I'm getting to know those two a little bit the last few months. I think that was important to them before all that, but now that makes it yeah. even more to the forefront. Look at how transparent we're being. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be pretty public about who they're interviewing, and and you know, I and I'm also selfishly want that because you know that's like a full episode for each coaching candidate. <laughs> yeah, there you the go. I just so. don't know the downside of it. I don't know the downside of being transparent with your fan base and telling them what you're seeking and the kind right. of coach you're trying to hire and and the minds you're picking. I think it's a good thing. Like. 
it didn't hurt them. I mean, they ended up hiring Kyle Davidson, so it's kind of hard to say, but I just don't see any harm in saying these are the people we're talking to. This is why. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good thing. And, and letting the fans in and look like letting the fans debate. Those are good <laughs> things for the team. It keeps Hawks top of mind. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. if you look at it even from maybe that's a little bit cynical, but still, like it, it keeps the Blackhawks in the conversation. It keeps them top of mind. There's to me, there's no downside to transparency, unless right. you think some other team is going to swoop in and steal your coach. Right. It just doesn't. There it doesn't no, work that there way. There are though. no secrets in the NHL. Exactly. Everybody knows who's talking to everybody. Yes. yes. Nobody can keep their mouth shut. And, right. And being being public with who you're who you're interviewing can help down the road because, as we saw with Jeff Greenberg. They brought him in to, you know, interview for the GM position, and everyone's like, well, who, who is this person from the Cubs from outside of hockey that they're bringing in? You get to learn a little bit about him, and then lo and behold, he finds his way to the organization anyway. So it's easier to be like, oh, hey, remember that guy? Yeah, he's, he's, he's with us. And you already know a little bit about him going, in, going into, you know, kind of accepting him in, in this new role. And if the team role. isn't going to put it out there, you damn well know that the guys interviewing are going to make sure it gets out there. They want their names yeah. out there. Yeah. Hey, I got interviewed for this job and this job. I'm a hot coaching prospect. Come interview me. There you go. So there's no way they can keep it. So it's going to get out anyway. So you might as well you be the one breaking the news as opposed to whoever gets the scoop from the intern at the office that texted him that so-and-so walked in the door. <laughs> yeah. A right. couple of things we want to mention about uh, this week's shows. We're going to start our player evaluations on Wednesday. We're going to do our – I'm going out of order here. Tomorrow we're going to preview the second round. Wednesday we'll do our player evals. Thursday is our first big throwback Thursday. Friday we're audio only. So uh, 1.30 every day from uh, Tuesday to Friday. So keep an eye on that. We appreciate the support we've gotten. I know there's not a ton happening on Planet Blackhawks right now, but you guys have been there for us, and we appreciate it. And the other great way to support us here at CHGO is to download that PointsBet app. Make sure you use that code CHGO when you sign up. And if you do that right now, you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit, and you'll get a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our web content. You get a free T-shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker, access to our Discord. I jumped in on our Discord last night and congratulated January on the uh, Rangers winning. Yep, yep. In overtime, Artemi Panarin with the game winner. We're going to get to that probably a little Rangers bit later fan? in the show. I had no idea. She is a Rangers fan, yes. Uh, little known fact, little known fact. <laughs> so that's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better. Introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA Same Game Parlay only with points bet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Watch live, parlay live, and boost live with points bet. And don't forget, registration is now available in Illinois. Online sign up. Take out your phone. Sign up from start to finish. You'll be good to go. Couldn't be easier. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. And if you're not a member of the CHGO sports family, what are you doing? Yeah, come you, on. You, you, you got you to gotta get in on, uh, on all the great content that we have. Um, being a, becoming a member of CHGO, you get you know, not only access to our written content about the Blackhawks. We, you know, Greg was, was uh, writing up about the, the Wolves and Ice Hogs in their playoff series, which 
was probably not as fun as we had all hoped it was going to be. Uh, but you get that was quick. You get access to that. Um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be writing up about um, you know our, our playoff predictions. We're gonna have a lot of uh, coverage as as the draft uh, gets under gets gets closer. We'll we'll start previewing some uh, some some names that the Blackhawks could have on their board. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's not just us, it's the Bulls, it's the White Sox, it's the Cubs, Bears, um, the, the Fire, the Red Stars, the Sky, like we got, we got all of Chicago covered, at premium, uh, written content on allchgo.com, so you get access to that, JMM mentioned the Discord, um, all our, all our dope merch, uh, that, that, that we have available, um, it's 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 good stuff. So Who doesn't like free become shirts? a member, support CHGO, help us uh, continue onward and upward as we uh, as we grow in the city. It's uh, and the support has been wonderful. I, been fantastic. I, I, I had more than a handful of people, both at the Allstate Arena and in Rockford over the weekend, come up and introduce themselves and say they've been watching the show and and they they love, love the it. content. Thank you. That still blows my mind to be recognized <laughs> uh, out in public. Like, oh, okay, I'm not uncomfortable at all uh but that's great i had a buddy of mine text me he was at brookfield zoo on uh saturday and saw uh somebody wearing a chgo shirt at the zoo oh so, nice like you know it's uh it's awesome it's it's this whole experience has been has been beyond anything that i could have uh yeah imagined so it's really cool and, and none and of and none of this right here is possible without you guys Becoming members without you guys signing up for the points bets, watching the shows, wearing the shirts. It's uh, we owe it all to you guys. Yeah, it all goes together. And we uh, before we get to a little more on the uh, press conference today, update to our CHGO Blackhawks bracket challenge. Two people tied for first place. Pat Foley's last hurrah with uh, 92 points and Doug Thompson with 92 points. Doug has Calgary winning the cup. And Pat Foley's last hurrah with the with the Hurricanes winning the cup. So Ooh. I'm in seventh place. Interesting pick. And right behind me at seventh, also Jeremy Colleton. That's the username. Oh, nice. So it's good to see. Uh, good to see Coach getting in on the on the I action. If we could find Blackie Hubcap and have him come here in studio with us, <laughs> yeah. just to just to burn some bridges. What do you think? Uh, I mean, his wife is if, all over if, Twitter. If he's up, if he's up for it, I'm up for it. I think I still have his phone number. If I got it's still his phone number. It'd be, it can't hurt to ask. Can't hurt to ask, right? Yeah. Wonder if we'll, his name will come up in any uh, coaching searches this off season. Hmm. Are the St. Jude Knights hiring? <laughs> they could be. I don't, I don't know. know. You never be, know. There could be some U13 team in Sweden that needs. A yes. Guy. There you go. Um, an innovator. Yes. Um, so another thing that stood out to me today, uh, Kyle Davidson, kind of saying that they'd like to get into the first round if possible of the draft. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and saying you know that's how. Something along the lines of that's how they're going to build this team. That's where the uh, talent. That's where is, the talent is. is what he yeah, said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which uh, is not wrong. It's true. And Norm McIver went on later to point out that they got some good second round talent, Saad, Debrinket, et cetera. So there is some talent in the second round. But it did sound like the Hawks are going to try at least to get into that first round. So um, they're approaching the draft as if they have a first round pick. That's what they said. So this will really be the draft will be our first indication of how aggressive. Kyle Davidson is as a GM. Yeah. You know, is he, is he happy to just sort of, you know, uh, take all the picks he's got or does he want to maybe sacrifice a few to go get a better player? And that's kind of, that's a tough thing to weigh when you're so far down and so far away from contending, mm -hmm. because look, as we've watched these game sevens or games seven over the last, over the weekend, you really see the talent gap between those oh, teams. Yeah. And it's, it's massive. Oh yeah. It's massive. So, 
it's the it's the balance of do you want quantity and hope that you hit on a couple, or do you you want to take a risk and, and trade up and get some higher quality players that are probably a little bit of a safer bet? I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how the draft unfolds this year. I don't think either one of those scenarios is wrong in Me the neither. situation that they're in. No, of course. Uh, I think we did get a little bit of a clue that how that Kyle Davidson will be aggressive with the Brendan Hagel deal. Well, that kind of showed yep. us that, like, hey, I don't care if people are going to say mean things about me on Twitter because I traded away your favorite player for way more than he's ever going to be worth. But, you know, I think he definitely sounded like a guy that wants to get in the first round, If the, the but also was realistic about it. Like, hey, I'm going to try, but it probably won't yeah. happen. But you never know. He's got – they've got, what, three second-round picks right now? I uh, think they if, if, uh, if the it, Keith – Oh, it's trade. three third-round picks. Two se- they have five picks. Five, the five picks in the round. second and third we round. We have two extra first-round picks the next two seasons mm-hmm. with the Tampa picks. All right, here, I'm looking at uh, the next three years of draft. No first-round pick this year. Two seconds, three thirds, two sixths, and a seventh. Nice. One of those thirds can One of the thirds can become a second. The Edmonton third could become a second. Not, if the Oilers reach the cup can. final. And keep this top four a nice time. Probably won't happen. Probably but, won't, hey, but it's it's it's, not, still, it's still, more it's of a possibility it's, than getting the Wilds first round yes. pick is. Twenty twenty three, two firsts, <laughs> two seconds, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth, a seventh. Nice. Twenty twenty four, two firsts, a second, third, two fifths, a sixth, and a seventh. Nice. There's yeah. your next three so years. They've so got they've some got capital to try. They and do have yeah. some capital, some extra, some yes. extra picks to work with. So I mean, they're I they're not in a position where they should really be giving up a ton of assets at this point. But if if they got a guy that they think is going to be a foundation piece that they have to have, and they're willing to give up one of those Tampa picks, and you know one of their third rounders this year, I'd be okay with that. You know, obviously. You can't judge the trade the second it happens. You right. got to see who right. they get. You got to see how that guy pans out. You know, so but he said they both both he and I think it was Norm McIver that actually said it. We want to be prepared for every single possible scenario on draft day. Yes, mm-hmm. whether it's getting into the first round, whether it's not having a first round pick, they they want to be prepared so there's no curveballs thrown at them. And then that's that's all I'm asking for right now is just. Have an idea of what you want to do, and then try and make it happen. Well, it sounds it's not that like hard to ask, right? McIver made it sound like the number one priority is getting that draft board set, and m- several times said we will take the best mm-hmm. player available, and that's that's what they should do because they're, they're, they've got a hole everywhere. Right. Yeah, they're, they're not in a position to be like, oh, we need to just plug this one player in and we'll be good. You need like, a center. Well, yeah, you need a center and then another three. center and then another center and six wingers and two <laughs> defensemen and five goalies. Like, yeah. Exactly. But the the one thing, like, they wouldn't really kind of tell you targets or exactly what, the, but the one thing that they've said multiple, Kyle said it uh, in his end-of-the-season presser a couple weeks ago, they reiterated today, they want to get faster. Yes. They want to add speed to this team. It's something this team lacks. It's something the it's something the Ice Hogs lack. They don't have a lot of team speed. This org- And you watch teams play – over the weekend, they are all fast. Teams, the, t- the teams that were the slowest in the playoffs are no longer in the playoffs. Right. Like, speed kills in the NHL today. So, um, you know, they, wanna, they see that. Uh, they identify. We need speed. So that's a good place to start. Yes. Start fast. 
and you know he also he also said we're not just going to go get a bunch of fast guys. They have to be good hockey players too. So right. no Victor Stahlberg, you're right. saying no Victor Stahlberg. <laughs> just go as fast as you can, then fall down. You can only you you can only build a team with so many Sam Lafferty's. Like you got one, yes. that's probably all you need. Right, right. But you need but you need you know, those players that are going to be you know fast and have you know the high end talent. And I think that's where maybe the goal of getting back into the into this first round probably lies. You need to get someone who's not only going to be just one-dimensional and you have to develop the rest of their game, which is kind of normally what you see with the, the second, third, fourth, fifth, fifth-round guys. You want to have a guy who's a first-round talent because he's a first-round talent, and there, and there is something who there. Who just happens to be fast. Who just, yeah, it's like he has speed, but he also, you know, he's right. got great shot, yeah. great size, great... Hands. Sixth and seventh uh, round know. is when you go, holy cow, that guy's really fast. He can't do anything else, yeah. but let's see if we can teach him how to maybe, play hockey. Maybe he'll, he'll be able to, uh, to, you know, to finish yeah. at, at one point. But, yeah, he can isn't skate that, the hell out of it. Isn't that the Bears every year? Every year they draft a guy that can jump out of a swimming pool or jump over a truck yes, or something. Right. Yeah, or yes. do a backflip right, yeah. on the let's beach or something. Let's get with the athlete, yeah. you know. That, <laughs> I'm going yeah. to throw you guys a name from the past. Speaking of fast guys that can't score, do you remember Tony Salmalainen? No. <laughs> No. Sounds he like played. something you get when you eat undercooked fish. <laughs> <laughs> he played in 2006-2007. He was an international free agent. 57 games with the Hawks, 6 goals, 11 assists. He was fast, and that was it. Yeah. I don't remember him. Yeah, I, I, I have a weird recollection of old Hawks from the era of suck. <laughs> if there if there was some job I where that too, well I guess I, I guess this is it this would be it yeah, yeah. I guess this would be it right he if sounds I had a, like a can, perfect candidate for our random Blackhawk of the week that will be featured on <laughs> Throwback Thursday uh, well there you go there's a te- there's a tease his birthday is August eighth so put that in your calendar I uh, Tony Salmalainen Tony Salmonella more importantly like than me remembering him is that I spelled his last name correctly at first Google. Oh wow, that's impressive! Right. I mean, myself the Barry Horowitz. You have, you have got, <laughs> you have got a master of the Finnish language. I'm assuming he's Finnish. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He's from Espoo, Espoo, Espoo of, Finland. Not a lot of Tonys in Finland, but the, the last name gave it away. Yeah, it's T O N Y. Oh, I would have thought it would uh, be T-O-N-Y. like a yeah. it's like T O N I I with the amulet over it or anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's he's no Jeff Hamilton, but you know, I just you know, I say I want the playoffs to end. Good old number fifty-one, Jeff Hamilton. Such a dork. There's something wrong with me. Um, I don't want the playoffs to end because they've been so awesome, but I want them to end so we can get to the damn offseason and start really getting into like this next version of the Hawks. Next phase, yeah. Um, but let's get into it, man. This weekend of hockey was just – I could not sleep last night after the Calgary game. Yeah. I was just – That was such a good game. I was watching that game as a fan, and, and I wanted Calgary to win, right? I was simultaneously rooting for both teams. Right. Because Ottinger was unbelievable. There were so many. Was it who had the shot from the slot? Was it Gaudreau? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. he just he was like Is it the play where he caught it out of the air? Yes. And like, yeah. That was insane. Oh my God. There were so <laughs> no. many chances that, yeah. that he stopped where I'm like, game over, game over, game over. Five, six, seven times. The guy was standing on his head, and you saw when that game ended. Uh, someone from the press box sent just had like the press box camera phone of the handshake line beginning to form, mm-hmm. and every every stars player yeah. went over to him and just gave him a they, long they embrace. Even said on the on the broadcast, this is going to be a longer handshake line than usual because everybody's going to yes. stop, yeah. and they did. They were all like, "Dude, I'm that that kid." And then I saw a lot on Twitter that people were reminding that the Blackhawks oh, traded God. down. 
that year with was it with the stars? It was with the, the stars. Yeah. Stars, Star, used stars, the and Hawks flipped uh, yeah. picks. Yep. They took Ottinger, and the Hawks took Joki Haru, mm-hmm. which means the Blackhawks traded Jake Ottinger for Alex Nylander for Sam Lafferty. For Sam Lafferty, <laughs> I'm still going to call that a loss. As much as we yes. love Sam Lafferty, That's a big loss. By the way, uh, see- Jake Ottinger, a free agent, restricted free agent after this season. I don't he, think he's, he's going to go anywhere. No, I, I don't think, think so either. I think Dallas be, is like, ooh, I think we figured out our goaltender position. They're going to be like <laughs> bridge deal, and he'll say no, no, nope. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, he's getting uh, paid yeah. this summer. He's getting, uh, uh, but the thing, the people were kept reminding on Blackhawks could have drafted him, so I just replied to one of them. Our uh, our buddy Stash, I think he follows all of us. I said, yeah, like the Blackhawks would have developed him correctly anyways. <laughs> like, let's just move That's on. True. They would have drafted him, and Stan Bowman would have traded him a year later for some other bum. Like, come on, like, yeah, new regime. I'm hopeful, yeah. but in the in the in Stan Bowman 2016-17 era, yeah. the, he wouldn't he wouldn't be in the NHL right now. If At least not for the if Hawks. We're, if we're talking about Drew Camezzo at 23. Doing what Jake Ottinger or, or something similar to what Jake Ottinger did, both of them went to Boston. Um, I think that that's that's a huge win, and I and it it's it would speak to a path of development, right? Because I think a lot of people a lot of people recognize Camezzo is probably the best prospect that they have in the goaltending position. For, you know, Arvid Soderboom did did a great job with in Rockford, but I think probably the organization looks at Camezzo as like. We hope you turn into something pretty good, and, and he's on you know a good path as a prospect. But if 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 they can take that path with him, where it's like at the time he's 22, 23, he's ready to you know make make the leap to the NHL. That's a win. You don't want to yeah. push him at 20, and, 21. And the Stars took their time with Ottinger. Mm-hmm. He spent two seasons in the AHL, and and he was good, but there he struggled down there at times too. He went through his phases where he, yeah, it'll happen. Like he couldn't couldn't you know stop a beach ball. But right. they took their time, and even this year, he was never the guy this year until he had to be. Mm-hmm. They dealt with injuries. I mean, they started here with Braden Holtby and uh, Hudobin, Hudobin mm-hmm. yeah. knowing that they wanted to give and, Ottinger another season. And Ottinger's, Ben Bishop was in the picture yeah, until his right, until injury he, ended yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, so Ottinger was started the season in the AHL this year. Mm-hmm. So it had Holtby and then Hudobin planned out, panned out like they thought they were going to, he would have been in the Calder Cup playoffs against the Ice Hawks and not right. the Stanley Cup playoffs. So that just goes to show you, especially at that position, you got to be patient. And the inter- the most interesting thing from that game, and I know you wanted to, to, to touch up on this guy, speaking of former Blackhawks, Nikita Zadorov led all the Flames in ice time. Yes. Over 20, almost 29 minutes of ice time. Like, if you, you were to tell me that Nikita Zadorov is going to lead your defenseman in ice time in a game seven or overtime. I'm going to ask you what time's your tea time tomorrow. <laughs> and because not only did he lead the, them in ice time, he, was good. he looked really good. Mm-hmm. Amazing what a coach that puts the fear of God into him can do for a player like and that. And a system. That system too. A system details, that works. Minor details. That fits the players that are on the team. Yeah. He was tremendous. All right, maybe that's an overstatement. He was really He's good. Really he was tremendous. He was playing to Nikita Zadorov yes, standards. Playing yes. to playing to what he can do the best. Right. And I think that that is not something we saw with him in Chicago. And in two years points. This he did not fit the system and I th- I think a lot of people saw right away like when Zadorov came to Chicago it was just like, well this isn't going to work. And and you see it now in Calgary. And you saw what you know what he did in Colorado, and you're just like, oh, okay, this is the player he 
he should be able to be. And and it's 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 you know, as much as he was kind of a punchline at times in, in with the Blackhawks, it's great to see him playing up to this level. You don't want to ever just root against the guy just because, you know, he didn't fit where he was at the time in, in his career. So yeah, I'm 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 glad to see him doing well. When the Hawks sure. traded Brandon Saad to Colorado for Nikita Zadorov, it was summer. I went back and watched every Hawks Colorado game. Because I remember when that trade was made, Patrick Kane said something along the lines of playing against Zadorov is a pain in the ass. Yeah. And it's a guy who always gives me a hard time. And I went and watched a lot of those games and really isolated on Zadorov. And what Kane was saying was right. He was like, look, he's not a puck mover, he's not a scorer, but he's a guy that can shut you down defensively. Yeah, he's going to make the occasional dumb hit. But he plays over the line sometimes, but it comes with being a giant defenseman, yeah. right? And those things are going to happen. And, and look, like some guys have to play with that edge, and it works. And you live with the penalties if the play is good enough. Comes to Chicago, and it's a different guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is not the same guy. Watch play several games this summer against the Hawks. This is a different player. And they're using him differently, and, it's, and it, like you said, it's not working. Then towards the end, maybe kind of a little bit figured things out. But now you see him in, in Calgary, and he's playing really well. And for him, it is timing up beautifully. As an unrestricted free agent, he's going to get to the old Jason Cullimore treatment yeah. where some team's going to be like, that's the guy we got to pay a ton of money to get. He's and gonna, then he's going to get bickled. He's, he's not gonna, quite he's that, that guy. Four by no. four deal. Yeah. Yeah. Four by four now would be good. Well, be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go. But, uh, that, yeah. Yeah. Six by four deal. That's. Oof. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the. I mean, the Battle of Alberta Guess is always so really much. Fun. I am petitioning, and I want you guys to sign that for this series only. The the Oilers revert back to their 1980s uniforms. Yes, and I, they should no. They, not just forever. this series. Forever. Go, forever. Just but go back to that. Series. Yeah. What was wrong with that? Well, I Nothing. saw a lot on Twitter that they're going to next season. So let's I think bring it's. Them I now. think it's going to be their reverse retro well, design and, but i think know. it's planned to be worn more than once what those so. uniforms on against the flames and i will watch get rid of those stupid of navy jerseys yeah, they're, they're terrible. terrible they remind me of the bears you don't see any of them in the sa- in the stands in edmonton no, no no who wants that here's the thing people like bright colors you think about the best uniforms in hockey and in sports You've got the Hawks with bright red, white, and black star colors. The Rangers, red, royal blue, royal not blue. navy blue, not a muted. Remember when they went to those horrible Statue of oh, Liberty yeah, jerseys? No, oh, my yeah. God. They were so ugly. They're so ugly. Dallas and Calgary. Oh, my God. The Calgary uniforms. Cal- Calgary switching, from, uh, switching back to their old setup. It just, yeah. it just looks so good. I don't know why they think muting is the way to go, and that's how the Oilers jerseys look. It just looks muted. Even the even the orange ones, the blue is like a navy blue, right? But the orange is so predominant. But I just think the blue, the royal blue with the orange was yes. was just yeah. so good. It, there was no need they, to they need to, to go change back to that. Those. But that that's going to be a great series. Um, more more Connor McDavid, please. Um, God, yeah, just I, I'll watch him play anybody. He's so good. Yeah, he's so good. We're not going to make our predictions now because no, our prediction piece is coming out in the morning. But very happy uh, for that series. Not no. to, yeah, and thank you for convincing me. You're changing my mind. That's what I'm here for because I, I I tend to root for chaos. <laughs> I wanted to see I like do too. if the Oilers were out in the because it's going to happen in Toronto. 
right. there's going to be panic in the streets because they lost game seven to the two-time back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champions. And everyone's going to freak out, and there's going to be major changes probably uh, that probably don't need to be made. No. But if only there was a goalie eh, available at the trade deadline for the Leafs. Um, but it's just going to be awesome to watch. That I, I'm so excited for that series. But all of them. They're all Florida great. and Tampa in the second round. That's wild. That's, I mean, that's... That, you could argue they're two best teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That argument could be there in the second Definitely round. Definitely the matchup. two best teams in the East. Two in the East, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, and the the representative from the East, I, I think, will probably come from that series. That's yeah, that's a fair assessment. Or do they beat the crap out of each other so bad that that's here's, here's Carolina picking up more tables? Right, players. yeah, <laughs> that's and that's the thing that. Uh, I, I wonder. I, I do wonder about Tampa Bay. Is how much does that first round against Toronto take out of them, especially with the fact that they've had back to back Stanley Cup let's championship get, runs? Like that's a lot of hockey for those top guys to be playing. Tampa to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final again this year, so they are so tired next year. <laughs> they don't even make the playoffs, and all or of they're a, sudden, a wild that, card team and they get bounced yeah, in the first let round. Let them just miss the playoffs, so all of a sudden it's a it's a fifteenth overall pick for the Blackhawks as opposed to twenty eighth or twenty Right. Yeah. Let's tire out those guys. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any concern so. for Calgary in terms of the exhaustion factor too? I know they haven't had two years back to back, but. That was a grueling series. The Oilers, I mean, had a grueling series Oilers too. went yeah. seven as well with a, with a, with a, a Kings team that was pretty pretty tough. And yeah. so Drysaddle's not a hundred percent, right? Yeah, it seemed. Well, looking at you know some of the teams that have been bounced from from the playoffs, we're starting to get the uh, tradition of which player was sent to the hospital mm-hmm. but still played the next day in I the playoffs. Eight inch laceration in my lung. Right. Yeah. yeah well, I so, saw Brian Boyle's having surgery on something today or something like that. The yeah. Old, the the only part he hasn't had surgery. <laughs> on yet, probably. I don't know if you saw Matthew Dumba apparently had dislocated ribs, broken ribs, a punctured lung, went to the hospital and still played. Yeah. What my it's I know we revere these guys for for playing through the injury, but holy shit, man, like Take a day off. Yeah, at some point you're making your team worse, and you're well, like can't in breathe danger or, or move or take a hit, and I could die. Like the the drop off between Dumba and the next call up is that drastic? Dumba at forty percent of health. Right. Like I don't having know. a it's, broken rib and a crazy. punctured lung is about as I painful as it gets. The story that I always be told is when I was covering the Chicago Wolves run to the 2019 Calder Cup final, game three of that series. We were told after the series ended in five. Game three of the series, Stefan Matteau, son of Stefan Matteau, former Blackhawk, New York Rangers icon, uh, last got cut with a skate. It lacerated his kidney, and he played two periods with a bleeding kidney and had to spend two nights in the hospital and literally get liters of blood pumped out of him. And then was there for game five in a suit. Like hockey is dumb and awesome. There is a very yeah. fine line between bravery and stupidity. Yes. And these guys are got they, one they, foot on each they, side yeah. of that line. Oh, they like, told oh, that times. line. Yeah. So he was I'm, peeing blood. That's why he went is to the that hospital. Bad? That's, I, I've Wait, never that's had that happen, you, but I don't want Usually that to if that happens, you should probably call a doctor. No, but right, this guy yeah. put his pads on and went took another shift. There <laughs> like, you go. That's insane. I mean, different different breeds. It's a different yeah, it's an absolutely different mindset and it's it's I don't know if I should yeah, yell at so. you or respect the hell out of you. <laughs> a little you bit can, of both. You can it's do a little, little bit, bit of both. both. Yeah. So as far as you know, who's one hundred percent? I don't think anybody is. Nobody. Yeah. But be. but I I to me it com- that's going to be one of the I think one of the best series of the next round. 
because you have you have Connor McDavid, you have Leon Draisaitl, you have the firepower of the Oilers, and then you have a very deep, well-rounded team in in Calgary that's so tough to play against. I, I we might have a we might have a, a you know a guaranteed or not a guaranteed we might have a Canadian team one of those two in in the Cup final, and I, I could see a scenario in which either one of them gets there through this through this uh this western conference they'll probably have to go through colorado though uh, yeah, yeah. Well, these those teams are, are are looking for their competitive edge as they as they head into the second round of playoffs and if you want to start your day with a competitive edge you need to start brewing yourself up a big old batch of strava craft coffee every morning it is a fantastic product i'm a big fan jay's a big fan mario's had it it's good stuff and it's a game changer and it has helped Thousands of people improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava offers you delicious, fresh-roasted specialty coffee in a variety of flavors that is infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does give you a lot of real benefits, like it helps you feel more alert, more focused, and it comes without the jitters your normal strong cup of coffee may give you. You can live your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains, and who doesn't want that? Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help give you a more restful night's sleep so you can wake up already feeling your best. And the best part, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped right to your door. It's amazing coffee that comes with all the health benefits of the CBD. And, um, and also, you guys... CHGO listeners, you can save 25% off your entire order by typing in the promo code CHGO25 at checkout. That is 25% off, a whole darn quarter off the price of your order (laughs) over at StravaCraftCoffee.com. And once again, that promo code is CHGO25 at checkout. And if you're already a big fan of Strava, you can subscribe and save by joining the Strava Coffee Club. That's when you get to tell them what you want, when you want it, and where to ship it to, and it will arrive exactly when you tell them to. It doesn't get any easier than that. It's so damn good. I had some this morning. Feeling refreshed, feeling good. Wonderful stuff, Strava. I love it. All right, Greg, since you, I think you said when we walked into the United Center today, you've been in three different hockey arenas in the last 36 hours. Yes. Something like that. Uh, You were all over the Ice Hogs and Wolves series, and look, if you join allchgo.com, you're going to get coverage from all of us, but especially when the Wolves and Ice Hogs are involved, Greg was all over it, uh, driving all over the state uh, to cover the game. So uh, I know it was short, but you were there for all three. So tell us what we saw from Rockford uh, that concerned you, really, because well, there's not a whole lot of good to talk about. <laughs> um, man, there was a lot to concern, be concerned about, but... Again, it was more of uh, there was such a, a, a discrepancy in talent. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks, we talk a lot about their young players, and they have some nice young defensemen, but they just don't have the dynamic prospect. Lu- Lucas Reichel can't do it all himself yeah. offensively. Uh, the Wolves have, have a more talent. They've got more veteran talent, and they just – you know, no, no disregard to to Anders Sorensen, the interim coach, took over for Derek King, did a great job even getting to this point. They were out coaching this series too. 
Um, you know, Ryan Warsowski, I'll start that over. Ryan Warsowski of the Chicago Wolves, he had a game plan. He had 12 days to prepare for this series, and he implemented it, and they never, for a single shift, took off from that game plan. They never, you know, wandered in a different direction. They suffocated the Wolves. Uh, they outshot them, I believe it was uh, 127 to 46 or 76. Ooh. In the series, it's a lot. Um, game two, they had a twenty to one shot advantage after the first period, and it was only two to nothing. I, um, I didn't look it up, but that has to be the like one of the largest like just uh, differences in shots in like a single period yeah, in it the was, playoffs. It was men against boys. Um, you know, the Ice Hogs scored the first goal of the series. And that was and it. that was it. And yeah. then they gave, but that was that was the difference right there. Is that first game, first series, Ice Hogs were being outshot ten to one at the time. Lucas Reichel causes a turnover, scores on the breakaway. They're up one nothing. They're still up one nothing, heading into the and then the Wolves scored with like two minutes to go in the period to tie it. And they took a penalty right away. And then uh, the the Wolves uh, AHL leading goal scorer Stefan Nason scored a power play goal with 10 seconds left in the period. It's 2-1. Series pretty much was over at that point. Yeah. And and they even said uh, Ian Mitchell said it, Andre Sorsen said it after yesterday's loss. Had they were if they were able to get out of that first period one to nothing, they might have been able the series might have changed, but you know, Saturday night's game 2 was it was a 4 to 1. It wasn't even that close. Like Arvid Soderblom again was just spectacular. Um, and he didn't play the third period because, you know, they had a, the quick turnaround on Sunday. Or, sorry, he didn't play a third period in game one. But I know after Saturday, I was told that uh, Arvid was not available for media because he was getting an IV. <laughs> and then he came, came back out yeah. and played Sunday and played well again. Uh, had to face another 40 shots on Sunday. The Wolves had a little bit more pressure. But they just didn't have the finish. They scored four goals in the entire series. Two of them were from Lucas Reichel. And then you had uh, Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula had the other two goals on on power plays. Regula was a coast-to-coast rush right up the middle, made a nice move. Beautiful goal. Great goal. Uh, So from that standpoint, the guys that have a future with the Blackhawks did what you wanted them to do. Just the team itself just wasn't enough. The Wolves just kept coming and coming and coming, and the Ice Hawks didn't have an answer for it. But, you know, it gave these young guys, got to talk to Isaac Phillips after the game yesterday, and he's just like, you know, it was an eye-opener on how much it just gets amplified. Every shift can end your season, and if you can't bring that intensity, you're going home. And it took them a while, the young guys on that team, to adjust to that. But by, and by the time they made the adjustment, it was just too late. I think it, was, I think it just was evident throughout the series that the way the Wolves are structured and the way the Ice Hogs are structured are completely different. And the Wolves have those players that know what, that, what it takes to get to that extra gear in yeah. the postseason. Because you said going into this, you, you, it, was, it was you know a note – going into this series is how well the Ice Hawks played against the Wolves during the regular season. They had, you know, one of the best records that they've had against them individually in a long time. And you see it gets to the postseason, it's completely different. And it wasn't even close to what, you know, we saw in the regular season. And it's just, you know, the Wolves have the players that know how to get to that next level in, in the postseason. And the Ice Hogs don't because they're so right. young. Well, now they, now they have some of those guys who are going to be, 
looked upon in this rebuild. Now I have an idea. They've, that, they've that's seen it. What yeah. was important? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was only five games in the playoffs, but there's important lessons to be learned there. And um, you know, so maybe next season, hopefully they're in the playoffs again. They won't be caught as off guard, and they'll be ready to go right away. And it's good too that they didn't just their their first experience wasn't just getting their ass handed to them by the wolves. They had two tough games against the the stars to get to the series against the wolves. So you have some some postseason experience and success, and, positive and then you experience. have yeah, 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 and then you have a tough lesson. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. Theo Epstein's name came up today when Jeff Greenberg was speaking, and one of the first things he did. When he came to the Cubs, before the championships, before the World Series, before the pennants, all those things, he got the entire organization under one plan. And people made fun of it. He called it the Cubs way. And and it was mocked and ridiculed and all those things. But it freaking worked. Mm -hmm. From Iowa to Chicago to all the minor league affiliates at the time, it was a handbook on how to do things. And hopefully... Kyle Davidson and his team now can implement their own kind of version of the Hawks way and have Rockford playing the style of Chicago and teaching the same things in the same ways in the same system. So when these guys come up, there's not such a big learning curve and they're ready to go. And I know it's apples and oranges, hockey and baseball. Two sports could not be more different. I understand that. But just in terms of organizational togetherness is so hugely important and I, and I really hope that when Davidson and company really get into the evaluation, and it might not be this summer because there is so much to do this summer, so much to do. But as they look long-term at the future of this franchise, from Indy Fuel to Rockford to Chicago, should have a cohesive plan, a cohesive vision that everyone's on the same page and everybody understands and the coaches are collaborating together. And that, to me, would be ideal. It remains to be seen. But, look, I think we all agree from what we've heard from the Hawks' new leadership so far. We've all been very encouraged. We've all been very positive about it. So let's see. Let's see. And hopefully uh, in a few years the Hawks can get to the point where some of these playoff teams are. Uh, Playoffs start tomorrow. We're going to have our full round two preview show tomorrow. Once that's over, we're going to drop our full preview uh, piece on allchgo.com. So if you're not a member, make sure you become one. And a quick way to do that is by making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. Do that, and you will receive a free CHGO membership. That unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. And when you use that promo code CHGO, you're going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. So that is an awesome deal. Get on that membership for all of our off-season content. There's going to be a ton of it. All right, we're going to wrap things up. For Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. Thanks to Joey for producing the show. We'll talk to you Tuesday afternoon at 1.30 for our Round 2 Stanley Cup Playoffs preview and a whole lot more. We'll talk to you. Thanks for listening and for watching the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. <laughs>